If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, coming up in just a few moments here at RCR, Barry Young, the whistleblower. You will hear from him an interview that uh, Alistair Harding of RCR did, I think, uh, just before the weekend. And Alistair joins us quickly now just to um, tell us about how that came together before we hear the interview. Morning, Alistair. Morning, Paul. Okay, so uh, um, Barry Young, people have been... (laughs) sending us um, um, correspondence saying, you got to get this guy on. So you managed to catch up with him. How did that come together quickly? Yeah, we, we um, last week I was I was down in the, the Wellington region um, where he's from and we got in touch and um, we, we met together halfway um, at Woodville. Um, we went and met together and we sat down and we had a had a good chat and we recorded the interview you're about to hear. And just heard all about what's been what's been going on for him. I, I met him on the on Thursday, so that was one week after he had put out his initial video and putting out all the information to the world. And it just struck me as I was listening to him that there's just an absolute willful blindness that's going on here. Um, we don't know for sure what the data says because, like, I'm I'm not a data analyst, but when you when you look at the way that the media has treated all of this, the way that the um, the government has treated it, nobody's actually asked him yet what it is that he's trying to say, what it is that the data says. All they're doing is trying to smear him, and he's holding up extremely well. It was a really quite incredible. He's he's um he's a very brave man, and he was able to to come and meet me and talk through all the different details. Um. And what we're seeing is just a willful blindness. It reminds me of last year. We were at the Auckland Domain for a Freedom and Rights Coalition protest. And uh, Casey Hodgkinson and Rob Martin, two people that were vax injured, got up to speak. And they're sitting there in their wheelchairs. That They're sitting in their wheelchairs because of the vaccine. And Rob Martin is so bad, his nervous system so bad that his hand was shaking and someone had to hold the microphone for him. And I turned my cameras on that day back around to the media who were there and they'd all turned their cameras off and they're yeah. all playing on their phones and so on. And that's what we're looking at here. The same thing with Barry Young is a willful blindness that they just don't want to hear what he has to say. And I think it's very disturbing. Well, Alistair, thank you for making the effort and um, connecting with Barry Young and doing this interview um, on Reality Check Radio. Um, We're going to have a listen to it now. And thanks for coming on and sort of giving us uh, a bit of a background there before we hear it. Yeah, no problem, Paul. And, um, yeah, let's just hope that this willful blindness will will end because Barry Young's not the last person that's going to come forward with information like this. He's not the last whistleblower. Um, and I think as as we go through every day, studies are coming out, information's coming out um, every day that that just shows, you know, we, we know now lockdowns were illegal. We know that the, um, you know, the mandates caused mass loss of jobs, loss of businesses, 
countless unreported injuries. Even even MedSafe acknowledges that. Um, studies show about you know how lockdowns harmed kids' education, harmed masks, all of these different things. And until we have some sort of acknowledgement of what people like Barry Young are trying to say, I don't think this is ever going to end. They're not going to make this go away just by silencing him. So yeah, um, the first thing I asked Barry was, you know, how's he feeling? I'm a little bit tired, to be honest with you, despite all the coffee. Um, it's been a, quite a busy few days, but it's good to be on the outside. My life um, prior to this was being in the shadows, being anonymous, being, you know, pretty much unknown for what I do. Um, it's just my life is a desk and a computer, and that's it. We don't really socialize as DBAs. That's my job title, database administrator. Uh, we just... You know, IT is our world, data is our world, and we're, we're picked because we're reliable, honest, trustworthy, tick all the boxes. We can be vetted by governments, um, we come out, you know, all, all good, and we're trusted with the, the world's most sensitive data. Okay, let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? All right, I'm from a place called Chopwell, which is in the northeast of England, so if anyone says I'm alt-right, or right wing, um, I'm absolutely not. I'm Labour through and through. Always was, always have been. And I'm from a, a, a pit village, ex-pit village called Chopwell. It's a mining village. And it's a typical one in the valley. Um, and so left wing there, uh, we have streets called Marx Terrace and Lenin Terrace, Engels, all the, all the old guys from you know, the communist era. Streets are named after those guys. And our pit village was the first one that went on strike in the great strike of 1924 and the last one to go back to work. There was a huge strike, caused a huge thing. And our pit banner, you know, every single mine had a, a pit banner, a, a, you know, when they went marching and playing bands and stuff. Ours hangs in the Kremlin Museum in R Moscow, Russia. I'm a regular guy. I'm just a, a normal guy. I've been Labour all my life. Um, so there's nothing, nothing conspiracy theory about me. I'm just, you know, regular normal Joe. Okay, so how long have you lived in New Zealand? Woof. Uh, <laughs> I came here in 1996 and just fell in love with the place. So basically, yeah, 23 years. And how did you come to be working for Health New Zealand? Health New Zealand was... Yeah, uh, worked in a few sites in Wellington. Got a job at the ministry, my first um, stint at the Ministry of Health, 2010. I was there for 18 months and got a better offer at one of the big banks. Worked there for 10 years and then Ministry of Health again. And just, yeah, it's Wellington is a small place and your reputation, people know it. So you've, you've got to, basically, you've got to be good at your job. Otherwise, you know, you'll struggle. Yep. What was your job? Senior database administrator for Senior Oracle. Yeah. Yep. Which meant I had access to high level health information of all New Zealanders. And the system that I was involved with, that I helped build, was the pay per dose COVID vaccination system. And it meant the health providers were on a contract basis that they got paid for every single vaccination that they gave, which meant that um, it was in their best interest to vaccinate as many people as possible. So my system, the paper dose system, was 
one of the biggest systems, not the only system in New Zealand. There are other contracts that health providers and DHBs have with the government, which I don't have access to. My system that I did have access to, there was about 2.2 million Kiwis who went through my system. And it's a very robust, accurate system. It's a system of financial transactions, basically. But it also includes health record, like data, dates of birth, dates of death, NHI numbers. So it's not the only system in New Zealand, but as regards to, to me looking after it, there was about 5 million transactions on it. And it only needed one person to look after it, and that was me. There are the systems. I don't know about those. I don't know the data on those. Um, all I know is that the, the one that I helped to build, implement, and support um, held a lot of good data on it, and it, it had to be validated and audited every step of the way. Okay, so this is the system that everybody's been talking about since your story went public, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a complete data set. It's, there's nothing fudged about it. It is just the, the pay-per-dose contract system. So every single person that went to one of the vaccination centres that went through this procedure, and it records a lot of minute details from the start in time of the service, when they sat down to talk to the nurse or whatever, to the end time when the you know, needle was pulled out of the arm, records a lot of information. And then from that, they send the files that the, the provider produces to one of our servers. It comes into my database. It gets validated and processed. It gets enriched. goes through a complicated rules engine to make sure that everything's okay. And then gets an audit record popped into it to say, yep, everything checks out. This person can now be paid for that transaction. So it's, there's nothing funny about it it's a complete record of all the valid transactions yeah so that, that, there's no un unvaccinated people on there every single one of them in there is vaccinated it's you know because it's you we pay for the vaccinations so obviously they're all vaccinated who are on the table uh it records deaths dates of deaths and dates of births so from that you can ascertain mortality rates and age groups within that so what did you see? What does this data show? So of the 2.2 million individuals who are on the system, there were about 37,000 who are no longer with us, which is, a, if you do the maths, is a slightly higher mortality rate than the average. It's about 10% higher than what it should be. Did you go looking for this data, or is it just something that you noticed it's something I notice in the data. I was always, I like stats and information and data. That's my thing. It's like a bit nerdy, but you know, it's, and what I like about data and computers and IT is that it tells you the truth. There's no bullshit. It doesn't lie. A computer does not lie. It's either one or zero. That's basically what it's made out of. And when you look at the data, it's like see the truth. It's like seeing the truth. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cool thing. And then you can put garbage in, you get garbage out. But your job is to make sure that the data is accurate and is not, you know, um, molested or changed or manipulated in any way. That's critical. It's got to be an accurate thing. Otherwise, you know, if, if it's a financial record, then 
you know, there's a fraud going on. So it's very important that, that the data is 100% accurate. So I would never, ever manipulate or do anything with it. So what did you see? What I saw, right, was it blew my mind. Just looking at it, there was a data desk column. So I, I just thought, oh, you know, that's interesting. And then I scrolled through and then I just saw, holy shit, there's a whole bunch of deaths in a, in a cluster that just shouldn't happen. And I know that just by scrolling through data, you, you would see one or two deaths per couple of hundred, which would reflect the mortality rate. But that's average. But you're scrolling through screens and screens of data and then you see, oh, data, death, data, death, data, death. But then when you see a whole bunch of them, all at the same time, all injected within a couple of hours of each other at the same site, usually by the same person, that's a screaming red flag. And then I realized these are human lives. It's different to a bank, just, you know, numbers, financial transactions. It doesn't really mean a lot. But when you connect the dots and you see that these are people, then it's real. Did you try and tell anybody? Did you try and show it to any of your superiors or anyone else in the office? I knew nobody was going to listen to that. I knew that. The whole attitude was just, just ignore anything, just carry on. If, if, I, if I'd felt safe and if I thought, if I thought for one instant that they would do something about it, I would have gone straight to the top and said, hey, look, this is dangerous, this is a killer. But because of the, the time involved, there was no way that they would listen. So yeah, I was, I was a bit curious, I was a bit suspicious. I didn't do anything wrong. I had access to the data. I just wanted to see what maybe nobody else could see and that it is a dangerous killer. So could you talk me through the choice that you did make? Yep. I mean, that was, that was just a, un, a, a journey that the universe decided for me. And I think, you know, why was that that place at that time? Why me? Could be just fate. And so I, I had this data, I had access to the, I could see what was going on. Um, what I wanted at the time was a government inquiry to see, to answer a few questions. What, why, why are we doing this? Why can't we stop it? So I approached um, a few different organizations and they didn't get anywhere with it and just kept going and going and my life got harder and harder looking at the data, seeing all these poor people, you know, the, the lives being destroyed. This is now we're going through 2022. 2022, yep. And so I, um, I thought, you know, we've got to do something to end it. We've got to We've got to try harder, because I couldn't go on seeing what I saw. You know, it was hard, heartbreaking. These are people's lives, it's, it's hard to see. So it had to, it was all about timing. And it was just fate that decided it, really. Okay, so this data that you've put out, what should international analysts be looking at here? Just the statistics. I know these are people's lives, but I've, anonymized, redacted, and at the end of the day, it's just 
statistics. So what they need to do, look at it. Um, unbiased, no agenda. Be skeptical about it and just look at the data and see what it says. And what do you think it says? I think from doing my own rudimentary analysis and basic probability theory is that if you've got a mortality rate of even 50%, which is astronomical, it's a tiny, tiny chance that you can do that. You'd need to throw like 100 billion coins to get that level of, you know, the clusters happening, that, those events happening, one after the other, bang, 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 bang. So it's like all these people in a vaccination center, they're all injected one after the other, and now they're all dead. That would not exist by chance. But skeptics will say that a lot of the deaths that you're pointing out are coming from rest homes where we expect to see death. Absolutely, that's where you need to look at it. What were the age range, ranges? What are the mortality rates of those age ranges? And does the data fit? What is it, you know, what does the data show? Why are we getting higher mortality rates under certain batches, under certain vaccinators? What is going on? I'm not a analyst, I'm not a, I'm not a statistician. I need people to look at it and I want people to be skeptical about it and prove me wrong. What if there's a perfectly reasonable answer for all of this and you've just gone and put this out there without considering it? There is. Look at the data and use Occam's razor to decide what is the, what is the event which is causing it. You know, Occam's razor is to remove everything that isn't, you, you can disregard and then look at the, what is the causality of it? You can say, oh, all these people had an ice cream before they were vaccinated. Maybe that caused them to die. I don't know. But if you rule everything else out, you can say with some degree of certainty that if you rule that out, the only thing left is the vaccine. And that's, that's what we need to discuss. That's why we need a public inquiry. They have basically admitted that it's real data, haven't they? Well, I don't see how they can't. If I'm using government's data to spread misinformation, then that's Orwellian doublethink. And I'd like to know how they, can do, how they can say that. If it's their own data, they cannot deny it. And I'm not making it up. I'm not adding to it. I'm not removing stuff. And they can't have it both ways. Either it is their data or it's not. What do you think of the reaction of the New Zealand media to all of it? Well, I haven't really looked too much at it because, you know, the mainstream media is just... What I've seen on the news, basically the headlines is just saying misinformation spread using government's data or something along those lines, which is like, that's a joke. If it's their data, how can it be misinformation? So what do you think of the reaction to it all? Is it what you expected? The people of New Zealand are beautiful. And the reaction I've had is like, yes, we need to have an inquiry. Uh, it's government data. It's, it belongs to the people of New Zealand. That's who I see as my employer. So I'm, I'm, I want the data to be in the public domain so it can be looked at and analysed and prove that it's safe and effective. Did you try and raise this with your employer, raise it internally inside Health New Zealand before you went public with it? I did try and raise it um, to the executive leadership team 
and I sent an email to every single member of parliament. And for days before it was due to come out, which I knew it had to, I was trying desperately to reach Winston Peters to tell him, you know, I could, I could do you a huge favour here. I could make you the greatest New Zealander in history if you just listen to us and do, do what you're elected to do. Fulfil your campaign promise. Because they're all, you know, all about before the election. Yeah, they'll talk to you, they'll have meetings and all, you know, up and down the country, every single one of them. But then once they're elected, zoom, they're going to the little hole and they're quiet. So Winston, I came out of hiding. My Winston Smith, everyone knows who I am. It's time you came out of hiding as well. Why did you use that name, Winston? Because you're on video, everyone can see your face. Well, I chose the name Winston Smith because I wanted to fly under the radar for as long as I could. So every, every time I approached someone, I always said, I'm Winston, that's all, I can, all the information I can give you. So it was my analogy to 1984 was because he worked at the Ministry of Truth and his job was to hide information, basically. So the name sort of like resonated with me. And I thought I would never be in the public limelight. I never wanted to be. So my job was just basically to, to bring this information, to give it to the people of New Zealand, for them to look at it and be sceptical and prove that it's safe and effective. So now let's talk about the arrest. You're, you put the video out on the Thursday. It took until Sunday for them to come for you. Tell me about that. I'd gone down to the mall, I had to get some milk and some dog roll, came back in the car, um, so I pulled up at the drive and there was cars there, unmarked plain cars, garage doors open, I thought my boy had some mates around or something, so I just pulled up in the next door neighbour's drive and then I saw, holy shit, these are cops. <laughs> and then they were, they were swarming all over me and there was eight of them and they were armed and they basically dragged me out of the car handcuffed me and they were all armed and put me in the back of a car and then ransacked the house, trashed the place, busted the door down and they had a search warrant. They took all my stuff but it's, I'm a harmless guy. I'm, I've never been in trouble with the police in my life. I've never had a speeding ticket for 20 years and I'm a good citizen. I'm a model citizen and I've had the the highest level access um, in New Zealand to data. So I'm, I'm a trusted guy, I'm a good good person. So you'd think that would they would give me some respect to, you know, just basically, you don't have to handcuff me. I'm not gonna put up a fight, I'm not violent. You don't have to do all this. You don't have to have Glocks. And, you know, I'll let you in. Don't bust my door down. I'd open it, I'd open it up for you. Throughout all of this, has anybody, and I'm talking about anybody from the, the police to the judge to the media, anybody, has anybody asked you what you're trying to say by releasing this data? No, absolutely not, no. It's like they're not interested. It's like they've already made their mind up that this is, this is what he's done, open and shut case. And the, the analogy I can think of is... Um, if, if you're a worker in a factory or a building site, and I've already said this, you see something that's dangerous and killing people, you tell your boss, look, this is dodgy, you've got to fix it. Your boss would say, oh, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'll get right on it. I'll fix it. I'll sort it out. 
What you don't expect is to, to be suspended, then fired, then arrested, and then everyone else that you work with told, just ignore that, go back to work, ignore the corpses. So it's like a complete dystopian view of what, what should actually happen. You know, I am, I'm raising a red flag saying that there's something in this data that it needs to be looked at. Don't punish me for that. I'm telling the truth. So can you tell me now, why did you do this with everything that you knew would happen? You knew that this was going to be how it would end up, surely? I did it to get it to the attention of the authorities so they could have an inquiry about it. That's my end game. That's all I want. Look at the data and then prove to everyone in New Zealand, which is what we all want. They tell us it's safe and effective. Okay, now look at the data and explain to us how it is safe and effective. What are your bail conditions? My bail conditions, I have to reside at a certain address and I cannot go to any Tefata Aura premises within 100 meters unless I'm under medical treatment. So yeah, stay away basically and live where we tell you to live and do not fly anywhere to my passport, you know, my passport was taken. I actually lost it. I didn't know where my passport was and they managed to find it. So that's a win. What do you think your future is then? Well, we'll find out. And you know, if it, if it, if it comes down to it, if this is the revenge that New Zealand wants, and I don't think it's the people, the people, the beautiful people of New Zealand deserve to know the truth. But if it's what those people in charge and power, if this is what they want, here's my heart. Come and take it. But if you do, and everyone's watching you, you'll work a fucking dragon. Did you think this was going to happen? Yes, worst case scenario, I did. Of course, I'd like it not to, but if this is what it takes, it's what it's going to take. And I'm prepared for it. What's the support from the public been like? Beautiful. Unbelievable. There's so much support out there. There are so many people in the world that want to know the truth. And they want to, they want to know. Yes, they're safe and effective. Why wouldn't they? And why would the government want to hide that data from them? If it's not safe and effective, they need to know. Is there anything you'd do differently? <laughs> Absolutely not. This is the way the universe has decided. It's put me in this place at this time to do this thing. So this is, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Better or worse. I heard someone in the media recently insinuate that you're a nutter and a madman. Is that what you are? I'm a Geordie. So yes, we are mad. So my ancestry <clears throat> is, you know, I'm a young, so that's, they're border reavers from Middlemarch in Scotland. So our ancestry is, we're basically, yeah, we're madmen. We've got big hearts. I believe in justice. Justice would be for the people of New Zealand to get what they want. Get the state out, have a look at it. Everyone, even, this, even the people who believe the mainstream media need to be shown this because they're, they're taught two plus two equals five. And the narrative is just getting 
less and less credible. And sooner or later, people are going to say and wake up and say two plus two equals four. And let's have a look at it. And let's never do this again because it's a very dark path that we're going down and we need to get back to the main road and we need to get back to what's normal. You know, we should never, ever have done this to ourselves. It is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. For a government to do this to its own people. And, and then people are screaming that it's wrong. You know, it's just... And they're not listening. They're just doubling down all the time. It's like, where is the investigation? Where's the justice here? Who benefits? And you've just been listening to Alastair Harding's interview with Barry Young, the COVID data whistleblower. And that was recorded, I think, on Friday afternoon in Woodville. And you heard it here at RCR. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now, they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.